0: Well, I can see some of you did not. (laughs) You lost sleep on Monday night because the Broncos game went really late. And then you were so excited because they barely won, but they won that you couldn't get to sleep. Anyway, (laughs) that's a word for me. Anyway, uh (laughs) uh, we're going to wrap up tonight the Armor of God. It's been a fun series. And uh, I just believe tonight we're going to wrap it up. I want to put put the soldier up, if you would, if you could put the soldier up. And, uh, you know, as I was praying over this, and then I really felt like the Lord showed me something, and then I kind of went to study a little bit of the history of the Roman soldier and uh, some commentaries. And, you know, there actually were seven primary pieces of armor or weaponry. <clears throat> the word there really is weaponry in the Greek. Uh, they translate it to armor. But it, it armor we think of as defensive, <laughs> and it really was offensive and defensive. <coughs> Excuse me. Now I want you to try to guess. There's there's six weapon, There's six parts of the armor or weapon we've already talked about. Just to <clears throat> review it. If you remember, there was the belt of truth. You may remember what the second one was. It starts with a B and it it goes right in this area. Blessed pray the. the Blessed, (laughs) the blessed, the blessed parade of righteousness. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the third one, does anybody remember what the third one was? No, that comes, the helmet of salvation comes, but before that, what is it? The shoes, yep, the shoes, don't forget the shoes. Shoes were shod with the gospel of peace. Then, what was the next one? No, the belt was the first one. Okay, that's right. You don't have to have the order right, just so you get all six. Okay. There was, um, somebody said the helmet of salvation. We did it a little differently. It's actually the sword of the spirit was, uh, actually the sword of the spirit, uh, we reversed it because Brian Fettermore was here, and he was, (laughs) so he did the sword of the spirit. Actually, the helmet of salvation is next, and then, then comes uh, the, the you know, after the helm of salvation was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then the la- the last one, uh, actually that's six, but there's actually seven. But that's where it really ends. But there's actually one more part. Now, if you look up here, can you tell what part was not expressed, and it's not expressed in Ephesians 6? I believe it's indirectly expressed. Can anybody Can Anybody want to guess? What does he have? Remember? You know, the sword of the spirit you can't see because it's on his belt, but it was, oh, yeah, you can see it. It's right here. It was, it was a, a small dagger. that was used for infighting. It was a double, double-edged dagger. But what part is not mentioned? But actually, you'll find that it is. But what, what do you see up there that was not mentioned? Any Anything that he's holding or, or standing in or has on? The spear. Okay, very good. Very good. So we're talking tonight about the, the spear of the spirit, and I believe that Paul really was talking about, see, a lot of the commentators, they don't consider uh, the passage. Why don't you go ahead and put the passage up, just the, uh, those two verses. And when you look at this passage, you'll notice it says, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and the, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer. Now, they end it at verse 17 and talk about the six aspects of the weaponry of God. But I believe there's a seventh. I believe there's a seventh because there was a seventh. that was an extremely important part of the weaponry of, of the soldier, of the Roman soldier, and this is, I believe, 18. Now, he didn't say the spear of the, of the Spirit, but he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for the saints. I believe that that the seventh part of the of the weaponry of God was the spear of the Spirit. I believe it was one of the most important weapons, and it's one of the for the Roman soldier, it was one of the most important weapons. Why? Because they would use that weapon. You know, you know, in the Olympics, they still have uh, the javelin throw. You know, they have the discus. And the, well, the javelin throw came out of of warfare. And it was something, it wasn't just, well, let's just throw a javelin, that'll be fun. That was warfare. So they, the greatest warriors were the ones that could really throw with the greatest accuracy and the furthest could throw that javelin. So that spear was used in the same way. You see, when an, army, an enemy was approaching uh, the Roman army, they would use these spears and they would throw them out and it would actually kill and hinder and injure the army as it was getting close before they did any infighting. In fact, put up the other... Uh, if you don't mind, put up the other slide, the next slide, and you'll see here, this is in, actually in battle. Now, the thing about the, the, the power of the, of the spear was it could go a long distance, and some could throw it very far. The spear was usually about six feet long and uh, tall, six feet tall. Uh, it was light, and the end actually had an iron, uh, an ending on it, a, a metal ending, so it would cause a lot of damage. And so when, all, when they all threw their spears, you can imagine uh, the oncoming army, it would really set them back before there was any infighting at all. Now, I believe in the same way, God wants us to be able to use prayer and supplication in the spirit as a tremendous weapon against our enemy. You see, the enemy, you know, he comes. We talked about how he comes. We talked about why the, you know, having our loins gird with the, with the you know, with the belt of truth and, and why the breastplate of righteousness is important. And we went through the helmet of salvation. We went through the sword of the spirit. All those areas, the, the, you know, feet shod with the gospel of peace, all those things are so important. But I, want, I really believe perhaps the greatest weapon is the weapon of the spear of the spirit, which is prayer and supplication in the spirit. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. And I hope this is helpful to you because I believe a lot of Christians are not only ignorant of this but they're also not using this weaponry. They have their defensive weapon on, but they're not using the offensive weapon. The two offensive weapons primarily are the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's what Jesus used when he was tempted in the wilderness. And that, that spear of the spirit or prayer and supplication. And so uh, let's just look at this in more depth. First of all, um, notice what it says here. You can go ahead and put up that, th- those two scriptures again, you know, the two verses Ephesians 6, 17, I'm going to focus on 17, uh, but it says um, in 17, it says the latter part of this, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's verse 18. Pr- verse 18, praying always with, with what? With all prayer. It's interesting in the Greek here, it actually has the implication of all kinds of prayer. So it means all, all different forms of prayer. It's not just talking about one form of prayer. And so right now, what it's saying here, it's saying that it's very important to be praying always with all kinds of prayer. Now, how do you pray always? Let me give you another scripture. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, anybody can quote that? Pray without ceasing. In other words, the same thing. We're to pray without ceasing. Now, how do you pray without ceasing? <laughs> the Spirit is part of it. But... It has to become a lifestyle. Now, we've had several messages on prayer over the last several weeks, but prayer has to become a lifestyle. It's not something we do secondarily or something we do. It's literally our, our life connection. Prayer is two-way. It's not, you know, it's not one way. It's not just, you know, just all my supplications, all my needs, all my needs. It's not that. It's what comes back to us. That's the really the most powerful part of prayer is God's, God's like just releasing things to us, how we receive from him. And so prayer is two-way. It's the relationship. Prayer is a relationship. It's not something we do. It's something that we live. It's a lifestyle. And so we need to let it be part of our life. You know, I remember a few years ago a guy came to me and says, man, he goes, I'm having trouble getting up and praying. And so uh, I said, well, why don't you just pray all day? I mean, just make it part of your day. If you, if you don't get up, he goes, I feel like my day's ruined if I don't get up and spend 20 to 30 minutes in prayer. Now, I think it's great to get up and spend 20 minutes and 30 minutes of prayer when, when the house is quiet, before the kids are up, before, you know, all hell breaks loose and you're on your way to work or you're on your way to whatever. And, and that's great if you can have that time. But if you don't have that time... Don't think your day's ruined. Why? Because you can communicate with him all day long. He wants to communicate with you all day long. He doesn't want to just communicate with you for 20 minutes or 30 minutes in the morning, and then you just go off on your merry way. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. You know, he wants to be with you, and, and he wants to be part of your day. And see, the Holy Spirit really wants to be, he wants to partner with you. He wants to be your companion. You know, it's interesting. Jesus spends... Uh, almost his entire time talking about the Holy Spirit in his Last Supper discourse right before he goes to the cross. Why? Obviously, the last things that Jesus talks about are going to be extremely important. He was trying to get across to the disciples and to us that when he would leave, he would send the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to come with us and he's the one that's going to empower our prayers if we let him. And if we know how. Now, I think there's a lot of ignorance and there's a lot of things that are, you know, it's not taught. It's not, and Christians don't understand it. But, but I just, I want to say that because the, uh, praying in the spirit is the key, uh, it's not praying in the flesh. Then you say, oh, Pastor, I would never do that. Well, we, we all, it's easy for us to get off in the flesh. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, it, it's easy to let our flesh get caught up in the prayer. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm communicating this well. What does it mean? Okay, let's say you're really going through it, and uh, I'll give you an example. It just came to my mind Uh, when I when I was in Grand Lake. uh, I had a little office off in the middle of main sanctuary, and I remember uh, there was a lady who would clean. She was part of our church. And uh, she would clean the, the sanctuary, and I heard her out there, and she was praying. She said, God, you gotta, you got to release this. And then she would quote scripture. She'd say, my God will supply all my needs according to a Christian. But she wasn't quoting it in a way of, my God will supply all my needs. It was like, my God will supply all my needs. <laughs> in other words, the fears and the worries had come in so strong. Her prayers were really, <laughs> they, they weren't in the spirit. There wasn't a peace. In fact, it was so upsetting to me, finally I went out uh, of my office and said, me, could I pray with you? Because she was like distraught. And so it's very easy to let our flesh, and, and it's not nothing to become under condemnation for. It's just a natural thing. where we. But lots of times we're not aware of it where the flesh comes in and we're, we're not in the spirit. What's another thing? We can pray, not only can we pray in the flesh, but I believe another way we can pray is we can pray out of our intellect. We can pray out of our intellect. You know, uh, we're, we're smart. We're intelligent. God's given us a brain. But we pray so much out of our intellect that the spirit really doesn't get involved. We're praying what we're thinking rather than what God wants, what the Holy Spirit wants to come, you know, really wants to join with us and pray. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm talking about? Have, you know, have you ever done that? Do I need to give you an example of that? No, I don't, because everybody's done it, where you just pray. And, you know, you've heard prayers that are out of the intellect. You've heard public prayers that are intellectual prayers. And they have absolutely no power. No, is it wrong to pray out of the intellect? It's not wrong to pray out of the intellect. It just doesn't have much power. If you're praying for somebody and you're praying what you think, it's not as powerful as what God thinks. Amen? And so what's another thing? Well, you can pray out of your emotions. You can pray out of your emotions where you're so emotionally caught up, where you're praying like with deep emotion. But I want you to know there's a much more powerful way than praying out of your emotions. It's not wrong, but there's a much more powerful way. Uh, A lot of people pray out of a formula. They have a little formula. And Jesus actually talked about this. He talked about this on the Sermon on the Mount. He said (laughs) he talked about the people that would pray publicly and they to be seen. And then also people pray this formula. They think if I pray... A, B, then I'll receive C. If I do the right kind of formula, then I'll get the right answer. I want you to know prayer is not a formula. God is not a formula. He is a being who wants to have relationship with us. So if you're trying to pray a formula and think, well, if I get this formula right, if I say it right, then God will hear my prayer. No, no, no. God hears the prayer of your heart. So it's not the formulistic prayer. It's really important to get this. Because I think a lot of us stumble into some of these ways of praying, and basically it's like having a spear that really just never, it never gets launched. That prayer never gets launched out of your hand. It kind of sticks to your hand. And, uh, and what's, what's another way? Well, uh, you know, we've talked about praying in the flesh. We've talked about praying, in, you know, out of the intellect. We've pra- talked about uh, praying out of our emotions. Uh, we've talked about, you know, praying a formula prayer and you know, also, sometimes we pray our will. You know, we, we think that our will is what we want, and so we'll pray that. But how many of you know, if it's not in line with God's will, how many of you know, it's probably not going to happen. Even though you it might be a great thing. But God, you know, I need that new vehicle, and, uh, and you know how badly I need it. And God's saying, look, and I'm going to keep your vehicle going, the one you have, and I'll bring one along in the right time frame, but why don't you just kind of give it to me and trust me. You know, I have found that when you step out and you really want something badly, and when God doesn't give it to you, sometimes well, what do we do? <laughs> the sad part is what we do is we go put it on, we put it on our plastic, Right? And then at the end of the month, every month we're getting hit with not only the cost, but we're getting hit with interest, and and so we have allowed our wants to take over for allowing God to bring what He wants to bring. You know, uh, Pastor Andrew, I don't know if you heard this story, but uh, they were a one-car family for about six months. Andrew was riding his bike sometimes in the middle of the winter, and uh, and you know it was really neat. He just said, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to just go out and and buy a car, uh, you know, finances are what they are. And so we're not going to try to stretch. Uh, we're going to believe you. And it was really neat. The men from the Thursday morning prayer group took up an offering, gave him X amount of dollars, and he was able to purchase a really nice car. Isn't that a great story? You know? And, and, and I got to tell you, he, he was praying from the depths of his heart for God to provide that. But he wasn't going to make it happen in his power. And he had to wait. How many of you know, <laughs> with faith and, there's a, another ingredient, faith and patience. Say patience. I know you don't like that word. Faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. So he was patient, and God literally provided in a very supernatural way, which really blessed him. You know, you know it's not only the blessing of the money that gets, that gets the vehicle. The blessing is that God is involved. You know, when God's involved, you know he cares about you. You know he loves you. You know he's there. And so the power of prayer. So the enemy is unable to stop the power of that, that spear of the spirit. Those prayers, you know, I got to tell you, it, it, they're so powerful. You know, uh, well, let me, just, let me just go a little further here. I want to talk about how to cooperate with the spirit. And I, I'm going to give you uh, actually four ways to cooperate with the spirit. And I believe It's really essential. Uh, I believe, and so, you know, as it says, it says, pray with all kinds of prayer, all prayer and supplication in the spirit. It doesn't just say pray. It says pray in the spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is is the launcher of what launches those prayers and really has an impact and really stops the enemy who tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, let me just, let me give you the first one. The first one is... To cooperate with the Spirit, it's praying with the inspiration of the Spirit, the, 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 the anointing, the uh, compelling of the Spirit, the motivation of the Spirit. In other words, it's lining up with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to come alongside you. You know, it's interesting. Jesus called one of the names of the Holy Spirit was the paraclete. That's the Greek word, paracletus. And it actually means the one that comes alongside us. And so the Holy Spirit is there to really not only comfort us and strengthen us and encourage us, but he's, there, he's also there to really help us to get the job done. So, again, very important to recognize that when you're praying under the inspiration of the Spirit, now you can do that in English or in Spanish or whatever your native language is. You can do that, and, and so you can link up with the Holy Spirit and pray. Have you ever prayed a prayer that you knew there was an anointing on it, and have you ever prayed a prayer where you knew there was an anointing on it? You know, there's a difference. <laughs> you know, and I think we sense the difference. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because you can pray good prayers, but when they're inspired by the Spirit, when they're anointed, when they're motivated by the Spirit, it's tremendously powerful. Second thing uh, that I want to talk about. And, you know, I, I think, well, I, I can, I'll say more about that in a second. But um, I think, I'm going to give an example. Um, actually, Yvonne and I were praying for Mike, our son. And uh, he was involved, you know, in, in, uh, with a person that we really didn't particularly think was the best person for him. So here's the thing. So, so all we prayed, we just prayed simply. And we just prayed, Lord, bring the hidden things to the light. Now, that's what the Lord told us to pray. So we would pray that. And you know what? God did a, uh, he did a great thing. He brought things to the light, and Mike saw the light, and, you know, and, and, and today, no, I, this is a funny thing, but, but it was a very powerful thing that happened. Now, we prayed for about six months, that prayer. And I just want you to know that here's the problem with Americans. They think if their prayer isn't answered within a few days, they give up. How many know sometimes you have to persevere in prayer? Now, your loved ones... Uh, we prayed for our daughter. We prayed for a situation with our daughter. I remember uh, it was a, a, even a more serious situation than with Mike. And uh, we prayed for that situation, and it didn't look like God was coming through, and God did come through in a very supernatural way. So I just want to encourage you. When you have kids, and you know, you want the best for your kids. How many of you know, when you were a kid, did you, make, did you do everything right? No. Mike did almost everything right. And... It, <laughs> I would say Anna probably didn't do everything right. But, uh, but anyway, you know, you love your kids and you want the best. But how many know sometimes when your kids get older, you can't tell them what to do? Amen or oh me? You can't. But you know what? You can pray for them every night when we go to bed. We pray for Anna and John and their two children down in Costa Rica. We pray for Mike and Christy and their three children. Uh, every night we pray, as we get into bed, every night we pray for him. And we pray just as the spirit leads us. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a blessing prayer. Sometimes, you know, whatever it might be. But I got to tell you, you don't realize how powerful those prayers are that you're praying for loved ones. Even when you don't see results right away, I want to encourage you to keep pressing in. And, you know, the Holy Spirit will he'll help you to he'll, and he'll give you the direction of the prayer. And so it's just really, really essential. Okay, let's go a little further. Uh, Number two, the second thing I want to talk about is praying in tongues. Now, it's interesting. I believe the enemy hates, hates, literally hates it when we pray in tongues. And because of that, there's been a lot of false teaching about tongues. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about tongues. And why? Well, the enemy wants to stir that up because he does not want you to have the power to pray and speak in tongues. You know, and I don't have time to teach on this tonight uh, other than to say uh, in First Corinthians 14, 14, you can put that up. Uh, I want you to know when you pray in tongues, you are always in, <laughs> in cooperation with the spirit. And here's how you know that. In 1 14, 14 14:14, it says, if I pray in a tongue, what does it say? What prays? My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. See, lots of times we pray through our intellect. We don't mean to. We just do. It's just natural. It's not wrong, but there's more power when we're praying out of our spirit. Now, we are spirit, soul, and body. We're tripartite beings, God's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when you're praying out of your human spirit, uh, basically we have a spirit, soul, and body. The spirit part of you is the part that is born again. A non-Christian cannot pray in the spirit. They can't because they don't have the Holy Spirit. So when I'm praying in tongues, my spirit is praying. By the way, I don't have time to teach on this either, but uh, your abdomen is the center of your human spirit. According to uh, John 7, 38 and 39, out of your abdomen shall flow rivers of living water, Jesus said. This he spoke of the Spirit, which has not yet been given, because he had not yet been glorified. Now, he was talking about this. So when you receive Jesus Christ, You now have the ability to communicate with him. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Now you have the ability to pray. And when you're praying in tongues, guess what? Your mind is on fruitful, your intellect. So when you're praying in tongues, when you're going, when you're praying in tongues like that, What's happening is your mind doesn't understand. And let me tell you, the more analytical you are, the more your mind will fight you. It will try to stop you. It will say, this is ridiculous. But I want you to know there's tremendous, tremendous power in praying in tongues. Now, the way I learned this was not in Princeton Seminary. I learned this when I was in the mountains pastoring in Grand Lake, and we had a lady from Trinidad named Maureen Magnuson. This lady was an amazingly, amazingly powerful woman. She would pray in the spirit. She would pray in tongues. She would pray with such power that we had several things come against us. And she literally with other people teamed up. She would literally, we would see the enemy just fail in his attempts. Uh, there (laughs) There was a man who wrote a letter analogizing me to Jim Jones and Adolf Hitler. He was trying to run me out of town. He was one of the elders originally. With two others, he would be angry when I'd Talk about you must be born again. <laughs> and anyway, that's a whole other story, which I won't get into. <clears throat> but I want to tell you, her prayers with other people were so powerful that <clears throat> it's an amazing thing. They came against me, and within two years, all three of those men had died. Now, did I, <laughs> and, and all I'm saying is, what they tried to do to take me out and to come against the anointing, what God was doing great things with the church, there were people getting healed, saved, delivered. That the, <laughs> it stopped it. She didn't pray that they'd die. But they would not stop, and eventually God took them out. Now, you, I, you figure that with your theology. You know, I don't know whether God took them out or the enemy took them out, or, you know, and you can figure that one out. All I know is that I didn't have any more uh, t- demonic influence through those three men who were trying to take me out. And I'm thankful for that. I'm not, I didn't want them to die. I mean, that wasn't my purpose. But uh, anyway, that's another story. So, so here's what I want to say. Also, there was, have you, has anybody ever heard of the cult, The Way? Anyway, The Way was a very strong cult, and it was, it was actually originated, Paul, Dr. Paul Werwall was the, he was the head of it, and it was in, in Ohio. Well, they were establishing their western base in Grand Lake, and they had a whole group of people, Grand Lake Log Homes. They had a whole group of people there, <coughs> and it was getting established. <coughs> there were a couple of youth from our church it had been sucked into that. The parents were really upset. They had been pulled into this cult, and it was a, it was a dangerous cult. Anyway, the bottom line was <laughs> through Marines' prayers and other prayers of people that prayed, that cult, they started fighting amongst themselves, and the thing blew up, and they left the area. Now, I just got to tell you, and also we saw tremendous revival break out through the prayers of people. Why? And the enemy tried to come in powerful ways. He had a foothold in that town, and that was broken. And I want to tell you, it was broken through prayer. It was through the spirit of prayer. And uh, I learned a lot from Maureen Magnuson. And I am very grateful to her today because, (laughs) you know, I I just learned so much from her. Now, uh, praying in tongues, let me give you another scripture for this. Jude 20 says this, but you... Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You see, again, when you pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit, it builds up your spirit. You, you're built up. And so when you're praying that way, you're not torn down. How many know the enemy wants to tear you down? Amen? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so the bottom line is when you're praying in the Spirit, when you're praying in the Spirit, uh, whether it's in your native language, whether you're praying in tongues, and by the way, if you don't pray in tongues, please talk to me, talk to Mike. Mike's awesome uh, at just helping people to break through and to pray in tongues. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, he can help you tremendously. There's other people here that can help you. Uh, and if you've been taught that tongues and the gifts of the Spirit and all that stuff passed away, uh, that it ceased, uh, that's, that's a false teaching. And without going into it tonight, because it would take me another 10, 15 minutes, I'm not going to do that. But just so you know that... Uh, everything is for today. Uh, thank God the Holy Spirit didn't go back up into heaven and the gifts were taken away and we were just left to our own flesh to try to get the job done, amen? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit's still operating today? And so, so I want to encourage you. You know, when I was going through my battle with anxiety, uh, one of the few things that would help to break the anxiety was when I'd pray in tongues for a long time. When I'd pray in tongues for a long time, it would help to break the anxiety. And so uh, I, I just want to encourage you. Uh, tongues is, 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 is very, very powerful. The enemies fought it. Some churches won't talk about it, even if they believe in it, because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody. Listen, <laughs> I want you to have the full weaponry of God. I don't want you to, to go out into the battlefield uh, half naked. Amen? I want you to have everything that God has provided for you. Amen or oh me? Okay. Now. The last one I want to, well, the third one I want to mention is groaning in the spirit. Now, a lot of people don't understand about this, but the scripture is very clear about this. In fact, if you look at Romans 8, Romans 8 talks about, now, let me ask you, if you're, if you're, the center of your physical, the physical center of your human spirit is your abdomen, I want everybody on three to groan. Put your hand on your abdomen. On one, two, three, I want you to groan. One, two, three. Now, where's that groaning coming from? It's coming out of your abdomen. Now. Here's what I want you to see. We've got it up. Put it up on the screen, Romans 8. Romans eight twenty six, twenty seven 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, how many, how many of you know we all, and basically, the word weaknesses here is athiness in the Greek. It means not It, does, it means ha- not having the ability to get it done in your own power. How many of you know that oftentimes when we pray, we don't have the ability to get it done in our own power? Amen. Yes, I got one hand. Okay, (laughs) thank you, thank you, okay. Anyway, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our inability to get the job done. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with what? With what? With groanings which cannot be uttered. And, and another translation says cannot be uttered in articulate native language is what it means. Can't be uttered out of your intellect. It goes to a deeper level. And that's one of the things Maureen taught me. And at first when she started groaning, I thought she was either about to give birth to something or she, was, she just had had a really bad uh, case of of food poisoning, <laughs> and she was really feeling bad, but she wasn't. She was linking up with the Holy Spirit, praying through something in a very powerful way. I used an example when I preached a week and a half ago uh, on Sunday about uh, the, the situation where somebody was dying up in the in the hospital. We were praying and literally groaning in the spirit, and it broke, and it turned out to be exactly the time when they found where she was internally bleeding, and she was healed. So, I want you to know there's tremendous power in that. You don't understand it, but it goes to a deeper level where the Holy Spirit really comes and prays, and you feel this burden, you feel this burden, and finally you feel the burden break. And that's when you know you've had the breakthrough. And again, uh, I I just, and by the way, Maureen Magnuson, it's really interesting. She went down to, she was from Trinidad. Uh, She lived in the Winter Park Grand Lake area. And then she moved, she and her husband, Mike Magnuson, moved down to Grenada, and she actually brought Christian television to the entire Caribbean. And as far as I know, she's still alive. Her husband passed away, but I believe she's still alive and still ministering powerfully uh, in, in the islands, in the Caribbean islands. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that hurricane was coming through, if she and her intercessors literally drove it <laughs> to another, another way. And by the way, there's some amazing stories coming out of Florida, how uh, intercessors drove that the, the storm away and how the, I think you were telling me, Mike, the water that was supposed to, the surge was supposed to come, it actually went back out into the sea. And th- they were praying and, the, and literally the surge that was supposed to hit the west coast of Florida, <laughs> it literally, and nobody understands it. The weather people couldn't understand it. It literally went back and, and went the other, the other direction. And so they didn't get that huge surge they were expecting on the west coast. And that was through intercessory prayer. Isn't that powerful? It's a great story. And so, uh, anyway, uh, the power of prayer is so amazing. And, and so, it goes on to say, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, God wants, the Holy Spirit wants to link up with us, whether it's praying you know, just in the spirit, in, in our own language, but out of the intellect, not in the flesh, not in emotions, but out of the spirit, or whether it's praying in tongues, or whether it's in the place of groaning where you're hooking, there's a burden and you're praying through and you're pushing through that, that is what stops the enemy from being able to, to, to prevent what God wants to do. See, we have the ability here on earth to link up with the Holy Spirit and to bring his will to earth. Remember how Jesus told us to pray? How did he say? Pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically we're able to pray heaven, we're able to pray heaven down to earth. But sometimes we don't think we have we don't think we can, or we don't think we should, or we don't, you know, we just we don't know how to do it. And and so the last thing I want to say, number four, and then I, I want to make sure I dismiss you and give you time to to you know discuss this around your tables, but the number four thing is uh, you know. I, sh- I shared this a week and a half ago. George Barna came out with information just recently. It says 82% of Americans pray solo and silent. They pray alone and they pray silent. Now, is it wrong to pray alone? No. Is it wrong to pray silently? No. But here's what I want to tell you. If one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Now, that's not addition. That's multiplication. So there's tremendous power when we pray together. There's so many examples. You know, uh, when I first came to this church, when our family moved down here, when we moved from Denver down to Castle Rock, or, you know, w- when I took the church here, the church was this close to the doors closing. People had prayed, had been praying for six months because the church was about to die, literally. <clears throat> it was down to a few people. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed together. They prayed and believed. They fasted. They prayed. And God literally resurrected the church. We came, and we saw God resurrect that church. <coughs> <When> we, <coughs> excuse me. When we were trying to get into this property, every demon in hell tried to come against us here. I'm telling you. In fact, we had some people who really spoke out against us. Uh, they became part of our church after we moved in. We had lunch with them, and they said, we don't know why we came against you so much. We were Christians. They said, and they looked at me, they said, I think it was demonic. And I said, I know it was demonic. <laughs> because the enemy did not want us on this property. But you know what? There were people that prayed. And when the, when the town council voted us down 6-0, uh, man, I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to move to somewhere also I was ready to give up. And there were people in this church who said, Pastor, we're going to pray this through. And you're going to see God move. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. So it wasn't according to my faith. But they prayed. And they prayed with power. They prayed in the spirit. And literally when we went into that meeting a few, uh, but two or three weeks later in front of the town council, literally town council members' hearts were changed in that meeting. And we, we won, I think it was 6 to 1 the vote, and it was an amazing, amazing thing to see the power of prayer and the power of God uh, to overcome the enemy because the enemy did not want us here, and he did everything possible, and he kept us off this land for several years, but he, he failed in his ultimate attempt. So what I want to say to you tonight is when you are trying to pray and you don't try to do it alone. Don't try to just pray alone. You know, get with other people that know how to pray and believe. And get them to pray with you and get them to pray, you know, it's it's so powerful. And, you know, Graham Cook talks about this family that was, (laughs) everybody in the church was, just couldn't stand this family. They were just demon-possessed, basically. But they came to the church and they caused all kinds of havoc. And so Graham Cook had this idea, I'm going to take... He, said, uh, he took 400 people into that house, filled every nook and cranny. They were outside, inside. And he said, for one hour, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship God and we're going to pray in tongues. And they did. And it changed the whole atmosphere. Actually, the, the, the husband uh, all of a sudden started convulsing on the floor, was totally delivered. I mean, it's an incredible story. And then for the next several days, people would be driving down the interstate, and they would see this glow, and they would come to the house. And they said, And this one lady said, I am so distraught, I don't know where to turn, but I saw this house glowing, and so I'm here. And actually, Graham said they had to send a team of people to be there because there were people coming into the home for the next several weeks. Why? Because people came into unity, they prayed in the Spirit, and there were several that came together, and literally that house was a glow with the Spirit. Amen? And, and there were p- many people healed. There were many people delivered. I mean, it was an amazing thing that happened. And I just listened. It was on YouTube again. I just listened to it again uh, yesterday. And I was amazed at the power of prayer when people get together and pray in the Spirit, in unity. Now, the enemy will try to bring strife and divide you and everything. But when you'll pray in unity, and that's why we're moving into a time of prayer, uh, you know, I think. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think, is Brian, pre- he's preaching on prayer this Sunday? So prayer this Sunday, I think you're preaching the following week on on prayer and then, uh, right? Oh, Jeff's preaching. Okay, Jeff's preaching on prayer. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know that, that's what you're preaching on. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, I believe this is a time where we're getting really grounded in, in prayer, and remember, that's the spear of the spirit. That's the most powerful weapon that the Roman soldier had, and yet today, that's the, that's the weapon we have as believers And I believe God's going to use it in a powerful way. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I just lift up every person in this place. Lord, stir us. We know the power of prayer, but sometimes we don't move in it. And, Father, help us to be able to move more powerfully in prayer. Help us to link up with others in unity and and to see the the enemy's schemes fall flat and so that we can literally pray heaven to earth that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, Father, I thank you for all this this teaching over the last several weeks. I think you're going to use it to stir us, especially as we move into this time of prayer. We pray from the 20th to the 30th that we'll take advantage of that, that we'll pray and fast. I didn't get a chance to talk about fasting, but that even empowers the prayer more. And so, Father, we thank you. You're going to do it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Okay, Jim, do you want to dismiss people? Oh, the questions. Yeah, I'm sorry. Put the questions up. I'm sorry. I do have questions for you. Uh, and by the way, you can just go to a table. This is, we have fun doing this. Here are the questions. First of all, share a time when the Holy Spirit helped you in spiritual warfare. It could be in a very small way. It could be in a big way. That's number one. Just, just take, take a moment to go around. Second one, how can we pray more effectively in spiritual warfare? Just be honest and talk about, you know, how, how, can, how can we be more effective in that area? And then the third is pray for anyone in your group who's under any attack. If somebody's under attack, then you guys just pray with them. Just join together and pray for that that person. Okay? So go ahead. Awesome. Why don't we all stand? We're going to go out to the tables, and good luck getting through all three questions. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, by the way, yeah, uh, you got 20 minutes, so. uh, (laughs) yes. yeah. (laughs) Good luck is all I can say. (laughs) Uh, Just a quick reminder that uh, next week is Todd White, at 7, well, we're actually starting at 6.45 with worship, and y'all are on the inside track. Yes, that was my Texan coming out. Um, if you want to have a seat inside this room, come early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of people next, next so, Wednesday. Um, say that, well, the doors to the actual sanctuary will open at 6.15. Uh, we will be still doing dinner, so I would encourage you to come have dinner next week. Uh, And we'll be lining, there'll be a line. You'll kind of see where everybody's wanting to come in. So I just encourage you guys to come early. Uh, Let's go out to the tables and discuss the questions. God bless you guys. Have a great night.